welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So this is part two of the Soteriology series, which will be three parts. So part one, we kind of looked at the problem that, that man has. Man being humankind, okay? And in this part, we're going to look at the solution. Now, the uh, parts of uh, soteriology cover quite a bit. Okay, it's quite a bit of space that we could do like a 50-part series. But here's the thing. Essentially, um, there's in the process there is the problem, there's the solution, and then there's the decision. Got a lot of uh, moving parts in all of these things. However, interestingly enough, salvation, soteriology, is the study of salvation. And as I mentioned before, different faiths have different thought processes of salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is saving the human soul. And uh, it is uh, getting the individual to a point where they are forever secure in peace and prosperity or happiness, so to speak. Alright. Different faiths have different thoughts processes wrapping around that. Now, in Christianity, the process is, in salvation, that you're with God. Man's perfect state, in the very beginning, was with God. Adam was with God in the garden. And that relationship was fantastic, until it wasn't. Now, let's talk about the, we talked about the problem, now let's, let's talk about God's solution to the complication. Now, the complication, of course, as we mentioned in the prior podcast, is that sin entered into this, this earth, okay, this realm uh, because of a decision. And that was Adam's decision to violate what God had asked him not to do. Now, a lot of people get the impression that God's just the ultimate killjoy. He doesn't want me to do anything fun. God doesn't want us to do anything fun. Actually, God wants you to have fun. But God wants you to have fun within parameters, limits, boundaries, why is that? Because when you go beyond the boundaries, you end up destroying yourself. Um, I think that pretty much that 
has been repeated over and over and over again for millennia. Uh, too much of a good thing will destroy you. Uh, doing the bad thing will destroy you. Uh, there's plenty of criminals that think, hey, no, I've done stuff all my life. Well, that's how long is your life? What, what does your life look like? Well, I'm sitting here in the lap of luxury. Yeah, until somebody shoots you in the head. But the, the issue is uh, that salvation is about uh, initially with Protestants, evangelical Protestants seems to be focused on getting the individual into heaven with God. Okay, because that's we're securing the soul, the souls with God, and and God's loving, taking care of that person forever. And amen. Amen. And, and that's not a bad thought process. Okay. However, that's not all God's interested in. That's not all God's interested in. So. There are some words in the process of God's solution that we have to mention. There's, uh, of course, there's justification, sanctification, and a very good Old Testament word, atonement. Atonement, you can think of as at one meant. That is, God meant you to be at one with Him. Atonement. But in order to do that, um, something has to take care of the sin. Something has to get rid of the sin problem for the individual. What is that? In God's economy, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, uh, a blood sacrifice was something that had to occur. Now, people are going, well, that seems kind of cruel and harsh. Why is that? There's a lot of different thought processes behind that. In Israel, they had to bring animals, not any animals, perfectly fit animals and those animals would be sacrificed which now I mean people are just freaking out that that even happened <laughs> you know um, but the but the issue was uh, in some ways it has to cost it has to cost the wages the Bible says the wages of sin is death sacrifice demonstrates how serious sin is to God. Now, people, sin ends up taking on all kinds of meanings and stuff from all over the place and people are just, oh, sin, 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 sin. And they just get, you know, all wrapped up into 5,000 different definitions that people have. Basically, sin is a violation against God's will for you. And it's a will for your good. And the unfortunate thing is that <laughs> sin, it's like a cancer. And it's fatal. It's 100% fatal to your 
to your future, to your current life here, and anything beyond. Now, what does the Bible teach is the penalty for that? Well, it's death. Okay, well, so what do you mean? I'm going to just croak here, yeah? Um, well, everyone's going to croak here. Why is that? Mm, because when sin entered into the world, it went into decline. And uh, unfortunately, the minute you're born, you start dying. And eventually, the body gives out. Everything wears down, atrophies. Everything, you know, gets old and falls apart at some point. So, uh, now, here's the thing that's the physical aspect. The. Uh, spiritual aspect is this death takes on a different meaning a lot of people think oh that means I'm going to cease to exist uh, you know if I don't have God I'm going to cease to exist that's annihilationism no that's not what the Bible teaches now there are there are groups that teach that stuff I don't happen to agree at all I believe that there is a continuation after this body goes. This body belonged to the earth. It's going to go back to the earth. The spirit was given by God. It's going back to God and God's going to deal with it at that point. Now, why am I getting into this so much? Well, it has to do with uh, the fact that God's solution for taking care of the sin is there had to be a price so he paid the price himself by and it was voluntarily by coming and well by by coming as Jesus so Jesus came and being and of course, this is where we get into kind of the Trinitarian aspects, where you got, uh, where, and, and believe me, sometimes this gets uh, kind of confusing with people. But let's just say that it was all agreed with God, and there is one God, that Jesus was coming, paying the, the sacrifice as the Son of of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, when he came and he made that sacrifice, you have since he was God himself. And and this is where this gets kind of... Uh, uh, trying to simplify the, the, the Trinity is like trying to... Um, Explain quantum mechanics. Uh, you really, if you can do it, then you probably don't have it right. The thing is, is uh, when Jesus came, he was an eternal being, and he made an eternal sacrifice. Now you say, well, what do you mean? He was, um, you know, it was a man. Yes, he was a man. He also had a godly aspect a divine aspect in in that he was 100% God and 100% man 
in the during the mountain of transfiguration situation where you have Peter, James, and John, they see him but for a moment. He unveils himself, and the the brightness of his countenance. They they just got the ever living just ever slightly glimpse of the glory of God that was in him. That was him. But since you have an eternal being, an eternal being paid the eternal price for sin for all of us. Infinitely. For any sin that has been, is, or will be. Now, the catch, and there's not really a catch, but the qualifier is you have to accept it. Now, so, number one, again, going through the steps, you have, to, you have to understand there's a problem. If you don't know that there's a problem, you don't think there needs to be a solution. You know, there used to be a bumper sticker that said, Jesus saves, you know, or, or Jesus is the answer is what it said. It said, Jesus is the answer. What's the question? Very good. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. You gotta know. You really have to know the question before you know before the answer makes any sense at all. Well, okay. Well, why did why did Jesus do all that while still? Why, you know, why did he come down here? Yeah, I don't understand all that. Well, if you don't, you know, someone who who doesn't know they're lost or doesn't think they're lost doesn't believe they need to be found. Period. They don't. They really don't. And if you don't know you're drowning, you don't think you need a life raft or or, or a lifeguard complication is is uh, sin as I mentioned is a, is like a cancer it gets in and it eats you alive in in its subtle and because it's like that you don't know until it's too dang late unless you listen how shall they hear without a preacher well there are preachers explaining that Unfortunately, a lot of church language has been overdone, overpushed, and um, uh, at one time, back in the 30s, the, that preaching style was, you know, fantastic, and it, and it proceeded. And there's still many traditions that, that have that same uh, preaching style, but it doesn't always explain everything. Um, I'm going to say this. God uses different preachers, different voices to get the, this one message out. And that is that He came and died to pay the sin price so that that could be taken care of. That Now, that's called, uh, in fact, I'm going to mention justification. Okay. Uh, which is more of a what they call a juridical or f forensic model, which means it's more like a courtroom. Protestants think of this whole situation like a courtroom. We have a crime. We've done it. The crime is sin. We're guilty of death. God's the judge. He's going to have to 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 sentence us to death because of the sin. Because he doesn't have a choice. He has to. Why? Because he's perfect. Sin can't be in his presence. Sin burns 
and obliterates in the middle of you know when you when it's in the presence of God. So no matter what, God cannot give sin a pass. So he arranges because he cares. He cares. He arranges to pay the price himself. Now, the, the main verse that that we love to quote, and believe me, I love it. It's one of the first verses I ever learned was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But we don't always go to the next verse. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now that doesn't mean sin's not condemned. That means that at this point, Jesus wants to fix the problem. When he comes back, he's coming back as a very staunch, righteous judge, because at that point, it's going to be too late to accept him, then believe it or not, there is a time. After you die, that's too late. But after he returns, that's probably too late. That's going to be too late as well. Because when he comes back to judge this world, if you don't already belong to him, then you belong to the world, and the world's going down. He's going to reorganize it all. And, uh, it's interesting that John 3.17 tries to focus on the fact that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But he has a lot of, t a lot of different titles. In the book of Revelations, he becomes very scary. But that's later, at this point. Now... We tend, and when I say we, again, I'm really thinking about evangelical Protestants, really focus on this juridical model where it's a courtroom. God's a courtroom because we see God as creator. And he is. But you know what God really wants? The God who came and sent his son to take the price, to pay the price, horrifyingly to die horrifyingly horrifying death it's one of the worst deaths I mean the torture it was torture he was tortured to death and um, the God who did that cares he cares he loves he loves you and every human being now here's the issue What are you going to do about that? And that's going to be the, the third part, is really the decision, because there's all kinds of thought processes behind that. But, uh, but let's just say that, that if you, the Word says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
and saved unfortunately uh, it's taken uh, 5,000 meanings as well but look rescued rescued and again in order for rescuing to mean anything you gotta know that you're in trouble so like if you're on the, the the boat of the Titanic after it hit the iceberg you're probably thinking oh this is a little rock that went by you don't know that in 20 minutes this ship's going down with you in it so the relationship because God cares because he loves the relationship he really wants he desires more than anything is to be loved like a father and to love us like sons and daughters. That's what he really wants. He want, he 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 swore that to Israel and he is still holding that promise. He loves them and he loves the whole world. It says you know here that he extends that to everybody. Now Here's the thing, because Protestants have issues with that particular model. That's the familial model. Because God is all about family. He's about family. That's why the church calls each other brothers and sisters in Christ. Because God is about family. If you refuse his offer to be in his family. If you refuse it, he's not going to force you. But that leaves him only one other option, and that is to be the judge. And if the only option we give God to deal with our sin is to be the judge, he's going to do it. And he will do it with perfect fairness. And it won't go good. So, that's why. And that's why it's so important to share this with people. And you don't have to be super involved. You don't have to spend 500 years you know, telling them, every little aspect um, there are ways and methods many of sharing the word sharing the gospel but the basic thing is that someone they have you know people that individual has to know there's a problem and the problem is caused at, at its root by sin and it's and again, once you do a sin, one time, no matter how small, it's like cancer. It, it's like poison. It will kill you forever because you can't undo it. The only one that can undo it is Jesus. And if you accept Jesus and, and his sacrifice, believe in him and pray. Ask God. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've got this problem. Would you please come and save me in the name of Jesus because I know you sent your son to do that for me. And 
please do that take care of me you know take care of that problem so that I can be yours I can be with you forever and heaven for me can start right now that's why it's important to share that now next time we'll look a little bit more deeply into the decision because there's different thought process on, on that but at this point i want to tell you thanks for listening and keep on Thank keeping you for on listening to this edition of speak it on and as always don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth